This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Stu does America. RaceTV.com slash Stu. Help us push back against the rapid unscheduled disassembly of America. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like right now. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the things. We appreciate it. Dave Rubin is going to be here with his view on the 2024 election. We have two new candidates running for president. One who is definitely not. We'll try to keep you up with the latest. Pretty much everybody that you have ever heard of is running for president. That's the summary, but we'll give you the details here in a little bit. But we start by doing Biden's NYT PR team. Yes, the Times is here to do PR for uh, Joe Biden every step of the way. And of course, the entire media is doing this. We know this. But it's always fascinating to see their, their efforts come out in public. You know, when I got into this business, it was many years ago, many, many moons ago. And I had a different impression as to what the media did. I thought journalists were like they were on the Watergate story, right? They were hanging out in parking garages, getting, you know, going after uh, sources, trying to confirm things. I thought they were like, you know, every movie you've ever seen where they were digging through documents and finding stories that, that, were, that were there but hidden. They were, they were digging up uh, people who witnessed something that had evidence of some event that we didn't know about. I mean, that occasionally happens. It's super rare, though. That is not how the news media works. And over time, when, especially when you're doing it on a day-to-day -day basis, you see what happens. Essentially, every story you read, outside of like, there was a train crash in India. Okay, well, we know that, was, that happened. No one, was, no one was planting that story. But every big political narrative, one of those arching political narratives, usually and almost always comes from some flack on the side of the argument that wants to promote that particular narrative. If a candidate wants to get something out there, it's not... A, a, a journalist saying, I don't know, I'm seeing this. Let me see if I can track it down. It's almost never, never that way. It's almost always the opposite way. It's almost always someone from the Biden administration going to a reporter they see as friendly and saying, hey, just so you know, you might want to write something about this because this is coming. This is going to be big. It's always constantly being fed from the sources themselves to the actual people writing the stories. And sometimes that's hard to detect, right? You come out and you get a little tidbit. It's not no big deal. Uh, you know, uh, it, maybe it feeds a story narrative that builds over time. You see how these things happen, especially with liberal politics over the years. But sometimes it's so obvious it's, you have to actually discuss it. Go back to 2020 for a second. In 2020, everyone looked at Joe Biden and said, holy crap, this guy's losing a step, right? I mean, he looks like he's lost, uh, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour off the fastball here and he can't get through sentences. He seems incoherent over and over again. He keeps jumbling his words and messing things up and losing his train of thought. This is really, really bad. And, and the Democrats saw that. They knew that was a real concern. It wasn't just a bunch of right wing talk show hosts that were concerned about that. 
the American people were concerned. Voters were concerned about it. So the campaign went to major publications like The Atlantic and said, hey, actually, they shouldn't be concerned about that. It's just a little health problem. Poor Joe Biden has had a stutter since he was a child. And we got this big profile. What Joe Biden can't bring himself to say. His verbal stumbles have voters worried about his mental fitness. Maybe they'd be more understanding if they knew he's still fighting a stutter. And they actually gave it to a reporter who himself had a stutter. To bring up the sympathy as high as humanly possible. Now, I don't think most Americans really accepted that. But it was a narrative that the media continued to push, including in the New York Times months and months later. This is like eight months later. Joe Biden's stutter is his superpower. <laughs> I mean, that that's a really crappy episode of Super Friends right there. I mean, that's not I mean, look, it's just not going to be uh, you want flight. You want to be able to be invisible, maybe. I, you know, Wonder Woman's invisible planes lame enough. But seriously, really, a stutter is not really a superpower. So we have a new example of this now. I guess the stuttering thing didn't really catch on. And people have seen it. I mean, now he's falling over. Uh, he's, he's losing his, you know, mind, his train of thought. And like losing your train of thought is not a stutter, right? That's something totally different. You stumble over a couple of words. Some of the clips you hear from Joe Biden may be related to a stutter, even though in the article it pretty clearly says it doesn't normally start as a child, go completely away for 40 or 50 years and come back later in life. That's not usually how those things work. But maybe there's something there. The problem is it's a lot deeper than that. So... There's a new narrative. This is coming, I can guarantee you, directly from the Biden people to New York Times reporters, four of them on this story, inside the complicated reality of being America's oldest president. Look, you see it. I see it. The Democratic voters see it. Republican voters see it. Independent voters see it. And everybody on the Biden team knows he is massively vulnerable to this line of attack. Even in his own party, you're seeing 20, 30 percent of voters in his own party saying they don't want him. Uh, they're, they're selecting other candidates. And when you ask them, it's the majority of his own voters are saying, please choose someone else. They all see this going downhill. Yes, he's done a bad job from our perspective, but also he doesn't seem capable of doing this job at all. Can we be honest about this? And the people behind Joe Biden, they're also honest about it. They know it's a massive problem, so they're trying to do something to fight against it. And this is what they've come up with. Are you ready for this attempt? This is going to make you so happy. There was a time last winter when President Biden was awakened at 3 a.m. while on a trip to Asia and told that a missile had struck Poland, touching off a panic that Russia might have expanded the war in Ukraine to a NATO ally. Within hours in the middle of the night, Mr. Biden consulted his top advisors, called the president of Poland and the NATO secretary general and gathered fellow world leaders to deal with the crisis. Just a quick sidebar here. Can you believe this guy? This guy is the, the only thing in between us in World War Three. That's it. This guy woke up at three. The guy who can't get through two straight sentences in front of anybody woke up at three o'clock in the morning and was calling world leaders about potentially World War Three beginning. That's how close we were that day. This doddering old fool brought us right there, looking at the brink of extinction. He was there. He was in control. Luckily, he didn't press any buttons. But that's not all. Of course, that you might say that. And you're, okay, well, they're just praising his handling. But... 
they can't just praise how good of a president Joe Biden is because they know you won't buy it. They know you see him in public. So there's two sides of the story. The super competent Joe Biden at 3 a.m. and the one you always see. And then there were, this is the New York Times uh, continuing. And then there was the time a few weeks ago when the president was hosting children for Take Your Child to Work Day and became so mixed up as he tried to list his grandchildren. <laughs> so let me see. I got one in New York, two in Philadelphia, or is it three? No, three, because I got one granddaughter who is, I don't know, you're confusing me. Direct quote, by the way. He also drew a blank uh, when asked the last country he had visited and the name of a favorite movie. Well, <laughs> there you go. Now, how do you put these two things together? How would people decipher, okay, we see the doddering old fool in front of us all the time, but you're saying he's super competent at 3 a.m. handling an international crisis? Well, this is what they're going for. The two Bidens coexist in the same octogenarian president. Sharp and wise at critical moments. The product of decades of seasoning. Able to rise to the occasion, even in the dead of night, to confront a dangerous world. Yet, a little slower. A little softer. A little harder of hearing. A little more tentative in his walk a little more prone to occasional lapses in memory in ways that feel familiar to anyone who has reached their ninth decade or has a parent who has. Mr. Biden sometimes mangles his words and looks older than he used to because of his stiff gait and thinning voice. Yet people who deal with him regularly, including some of his adversaries, say he remains sharp and commanding in private meetings. Got it? You keep seeing him looking like a doddering old fool. But when you can't see him, he's brilliant. It's just your bad luck. When, you see, when the cameras are on, he is terrible. But behind closed doors, when nobody else can be a witness of it, he's amazing. Maybe it's the camera's fault. Maybe it's the lights and the cameras. Maybe, have you thought of this? It's your eyeballs. Your eyeballs and your ears are the thing causing him problems. Maybe they're giving him some sort of interference. Maybe the reason he sucks so badly is you. Have you thought of that? This is really what they're trying to push. That all the evidence you take in over watching this guy over and over and over again seem like he has completely lost control of his faculties. The second you're not there, he's amazing. The second you're not there, he's Ronald Reagan in his prime. The second you're not there, he's nailing it. High-stress situations, he's the guy, he's on top of everything. When you're not there, when you are there, obviously he's terrible. When you're not, though, oh man, this guy's amazing. This is the push from the Biden campaign and the New York Times. For some reason, participating in this obvious PR campaign. Why on earth, if you're a news source that is supposed to be journalistically uh, sound, would you participate in this blatant PR release? That's all this is. What's the best argument we can go to the people with? What will they believe? Well, maybe we'll just tell them he's great in private, but bad in public? I don't know. Well, let's try that. 
Well, they're trying it. His verbal miscues are nothing new. Friends note, he has struggled throughout his life with a stutter. We're back to the stutter. Jeez. And was a gaffe machine to use his own term long before his Social Security years. Notice how they do this. They highlight the one time, instead of actually criticizing him and looking at the way he's acted, criticizing his words, criticizing his abilities to do this job, they use the one time Joe Biden was self-deprecating about him messing up. See, that's the nice way to do it. They don't do that to Republicans, of course. Advisors said his judgment is as good as ever. Oh, well, believe the Biden advisors, obviously. So many of them used the phrase sharp as attack to describe him that it's become something of a mantra. Yeah, people just walking around the White House all the time to see Biden today, sharp as attack. That's mockery. If they're doing that, they're joking. Oh, man, uh, Biden sharp as attack today, huh? Oh, yeah, really sharp, sharp as attack. Absolutely. No one does this. This is not a mantra. There's no group of people who go around saying their boss is sharp as attack. That never happens. It's never happened in history. But yet here we are in private. Some officials acknowledge that they may make what they consider reasonable accommodations not to physically tax an aging president. His staff schedules most of his public appearances between noon and 4 p.m. <laughs> Leave him alone on weekends as much as possible. So five days a week, four hours a day. The good old 20-hour-a-week president. Does he qualify for health insurance with that, those hours? I don't know. I hope so. He certainly needs health insurance. But, I mean, does he even qualify for it when he only shows up for four hours a day, five days a week? I don't know. AIDS, and this is incredible, AIDS limiting exposing the president to news media interviews when he could make a politically damaging mistake. He has given just a fourth of the interviews, one fourth of Donald J. Trump. And remember, Trump, the media hated Trump and Trump hated the media. Uh, there were times where Trump wouldn't talk to the media for months at a time. Yet he still did four times as many interviews as Joe Biden. Four times. Uh, he's given none to reporters from a major newspaper. Think about this for a second. Here's a dying industry as it is, newspapers. And here's a newspaper trying to whitewash the ability of Joe Biden to communicate with newspaper reporters, despite the fact he won't even talk to one. He won't even talk to one. He won't even schedule an interview with anyone from a newspaper. Not one, his entire presidency. I didn't even know that. Not one single interview with a major newspaper and yet they still will sit here and hold his water like this it's incredible it goes even farther with the new york times mr biden has not given an interview to the news department of the times unlike every president since at least fdr other than dwight d eisenhower oh we're just going back to fdr now that's all the New York Times is getting the shaft from this guy, and yet they will still hold his water. They will still try to guide him across the finish line here. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, was this just, I mean, did they even bother putting reporters on the story? Did they just let Biden's PR team write it? What, you know what, guys? You write the story, send it to me. We'll put some bylines on there and move on with our lives. We don't really have the staff to edit anymore. So just you guys do it. Why don't you get, well, actually, you know what? Get someone on Biden's staff to run it through ChatGPT. They'll spit out a bunch of drivel, and then we will just assign our names to it. It's nice and easy. I mean, this is unbelievable that they would go for this. Why would they fall for this? And I'd like to say fall for this because it's, it's not really true. They're not falling for it. They're participating in it. They want this to happen. 
They care so little about their own integrity that they will go to these lengths to promote an obviously ridiculous, ridiculous narrative that this man is able to turn it on in every moment you don't see him. How, what other job would you get this sort of treatment? You know, Bob is fantastic. You should see him after we close down. The quarter pounders with cheese this guy makes are incredible. They're the best ones there. You put them right in commercials. Now, the ones he's serving to actual customers, holy crap, they're disasters. He's spitting in them. There's fingernails all over them. Uh, I think he put rat poison on. All this goes on when he's serving it to customers. But when we've closed down and he's back there making it for our other employees, holy crap, this guy is awesome. Would anyone believe that? Would anyone accept it? It's completely ridiculous. Finally, from the Times, does he ramble? Yes, he does, said Governor Phil Murphy, a New Jersey Democrat who categorically, categorically rejects the idea that Mr. Biden is too old to be president. Also, we should note that uh, Murphy also killed a bunch of old people during COVID. Has he always rambled? Yes, he has. Public and private. He's the same guy. He's literally, and I'm not saying this lightly, I don't know anyone else in my life who is so much the same guy privately as he is publicly. That's the exact opposite of what the rest of the story is about. The rest of the story is about how he's so much better privately than he is publicly. And then Phil Murphy comes out and says, actually, he's the exact same person. It's in the same story with no criticism. It's not like, well, the other side is Phil Murphy who says he's exactly the same. No, no, that's, that's to supposedly to support the article that this guy is the same publicly and privately. They don't even know what narrative. Did they get caught in two different narratives and sent half of the wrong article? Over and over again, they go to this well. They will do anything to defend these people. Anything to throw you off the scent. But it's blatantly obvious to anyone with eyeballs. Joe Biden is obviously not capable of being president of the United States. The question is, do we have to deal with six more years of this or only two? If you're anything like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off a little bit to the very last minute. And while most of the time it works out, the one thing you, in life you really can't wait on is getting your life insurance set up. If you want to get term life insurance, you need to do something about it. You can, you know, you see the commercial sometimes. Maybe you think, oh, I'll look into that eventually. Well, the longer you wait, the worse it gets. And, of course, you don't know if, uh, you know, you don't know how long you have. I mean, I got to be, I hate to put it that way, but it's true. Choose life insurance through ladder Today, Ladder is 100% digital. There's no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health and an application. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees. Uh, you can cancel anytime. You can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. And these policies are issued uh, by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A plus by AM Best. So go to ladderlife.com slash stew today to see if you're instantly approved. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Check it out now. Ladderlife.com slash stew. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's always great to have Dave Rubin on the show. He's the host of The Rubin Report right here on Blaze TV and author of Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia. Dave, thanks so much for coming back on the program. Stu, I was just kidding about the subtitle of the book, and here we are. What a fine mess I projected. <laughs> and it's happening. It's happening. And I feel like we're, it's only getting worse, uh, especially the way our country is going. We are in primary season, and primary season is the dumbest season, where everyone just starts saying crazy things all the time. Everyone is getting in the race, apparently. All people will be running for president in 2024. Can you kind of give me your overall uh, 50,000 foot view of what we're seeing so far in the Republican primary? Well, first off, to be clear, I am not running for president. So Ah. let's just put that out there and let it be. I know everybody else is, but I'm not. I mean, look, you're right about, unfortunately, what primary season does to everybody. You know, think about it. We're a year and a half out from the presidential election, right? The presidential election is in November of 24. We're just at the beginning of June of 23. It's so far away, but we've elongated these primary seasons that it just, it's part of why we're all so crazy about everything because politics is, has just infiltrated everything. All of our comedy and culture is about politics. And then, you know, when you get a primary, you're gonna have internal fighting. It's one thing when you have sort of Republican versus Democrat fighting, and it's very obvious that the ideas are counter to each other, and it's somewhat clean as to why you're going after somebody. But what you end up getting with the internal stuff, and and by the way, I think it's actually okay because you want the best candidate to win and they should fight it out and all of those things. And I think it refines them so that they can get to a better general, be a better candidate by the time you get to the general election. I think what's kind of unfortunate what's happening right now is it it seems from where I'm sitting, and and I'm happy if if you disagree with this to, to push me on it, that DeSantis seems like he's by far the most credible I would say nuanced, effective, clean, clear, competent candidate that we have with a strong base of support that would be a generational shift in everything else. And I think they're making that case very clearly. Uh, Then you have the Trump side of things. I like Trump personally, I voted for him last time, uh, but I don't think it's his time anymore. I think his lying related to DeSantis and Florida and a whole bunch of other stuff, Vaxes, like it's just too much at this point and and nobody's king. And then I would say you have a bunch of other people that will all sort of have their little moment, say Vivek and Nikki, and it sounds like Pence and, and Christie are getting in and Tim Scott's in, uh, who are all decent people. But but one last thing on this, that crop of people that I just mentioned is a thousand times better than the crop that the Democrats put up last time. So to the extent that we may support or not support somebody, the overall people that will be on that debate stage is is significantly better in terms of intellect and thought process and everything else than where we're getting on the other side. So I think that's a net good, at least. Yeah. And look, I, th- I agree with you. I, I think primary season should be the best part of conservative politics. Like, you know, being in conservative media all this time, it's obviously easy for us to all say that Biden sucks. And, you know, he does. But that's, uh, that's simple. The, the differences between these candidates should be really interesting and important to talk about. But I feel like we're, we're nowhere near that conversation right now. I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the Trump part about Florida. You moved to Florida. You're building a family in Florida. Tons of people are doing this. They all moved to Florida because it was so great. 
bunch of Trump family members moved to Florida because it was so great. And now we have, you know, the Trump campaign telling us that Andrew Cuomo did a better job than Donald Trump. We know Donald Trump doesn't actually believe that. I, I, how do you actually get to a place where you can have a sensible, fact-based, reality-based conversation on this stuff? Because I think that's something America could benefit from. You know, the problem with this is that I think maybe all of us have to look in the mirror a little bit because Trump was obviously always somewhat loose with the truth and was was an exaggerator and every every event he ever did was the biggest event sure. ever and the best ratings ever and everything. And we all kind of we all kind of went along with it to a certain extent. And by the way, I think some of it was necessary actually to wake us up out of uh, the mainstream media uh, slumber that we were all in, you know, say 2015, way back when. The problem now is in his in his quest to say, no, I must be the president of the United States. It's most important that I will be, you know, the ruler of the world. He's willing to basically tell his base that my campaign slogan should be Trump 2024 deny reality. It's not even close what happened in Florida and New York and everyone knows it. And without even just sitting here and just whittling into the numbers of COVID deaths and everything else, all you have to look at are where people are moving and where are they fleeing. And like me, about a million people have fled California in the last couple of years. It's a little under, I think, a million that have fled New York, uh, Calif- uh, Florida and Texas and Tennessee have absolutely exploded. Florida, over a million new people, 1,200 people a day, and people know what they're doing. So this is one of those ones, it's sort of like uh, Trump's attack on Kaylee McEnany. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sometimes you do things that are so counter to reality. Kaylee was your best defender. Everyone likes her. She was defending you at the height of COVID with a crazy, rabid, hostile press. Sometimes the lies become too obvious. And that's why when, when I've gone after Trump, Look, I would much rather Trump be president than any Democrat, obviously. But what I've been trying to say to Trump or the Trump team is make the case for yourself. There's a case to be made for Trump. The case is, hey, I did it once. I've learned my mistakes. Uh, I'm self-funded in essence, although he takes donations, but meaning I, I can do things that maybe somebody who could be influenced in another way can't. Like that's your case, man. But if the case is I will lie relentlessly about Florida, where as you pointed out, his entire family lives, all of his grandchildren moved here during COVID. It's like that, I, I, I just can't insult everybody's intelligence that way. Yeah, it's, it's really an interesting approach. And on the DeSantis thing, I mean, look, the, as you mentioned, you know, President Trump has experience that DeSantis does not have yet. He was president of the United States. There's arguments he can make uh, that would differentiate himself. You know, I think with DeSantis, one of the one of the strong parts, if you want to make the case for DeSantis here, is we do have an 80 plus year old uh, president right now. We have a, you know, we just went over a New York Times story here on the show where, you know, they, they're, they're talking about, well, look, uh, don't worry, President Biden's super sharp behind closed doors. You just never see it publicly. They're, they're desperate. Everyone knows this is a massive problem. And while they don't see Trump the same way, they can clearly see Trump as much more on, as sharp as attack uh, than, than Joe Biden is. The, 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 the obvious A and B comparison between Joe Biden and someone like Ron DeSantis, whether younger, younger, quicker, the beautiful family they have, like there is a real contrast that it's not just you and me that would see that and see maybe policy differences. This is going to hit everybody in the face in 2024 if DeSantis can live up to the hype. And that is something that I don't think you can buy. Uh, you know, this is something that it seems like voters really should consider when you talk about who's going to actually win in the general. 
I think that's a really great point because you know not everybody lives and breathes politics say the way we do or the way that much of your audience or my audience does. Sometimes things are just kind of on gut feelings or the optics of things. And I'm pretty sure, like I'm willing to say it, if DeSantis is the nominee, I don't think Biden's gonna be the nominee. I think it, that contrast would be mm. so, it would be so over the top that the Democrats would do whatever they had to do. 25th Amendment, whatever it might be, not that not that Kamala would fare well against him, but then you, I don't know what I don't know what you do, but these do not put anything past the corruption of the DNC and that machine that's behind Biden. I don't, do they somehow get Newsom in there, and then we have the Florida California fight that seemingly we're having all day anyway? Like that really seems to be what the future of America is about. Will we be Florida or will we be California? Uh, but. You know, you put DeSantis up against Biden, it's gonna look ridiculous. You put Trump against Biden, it is what it is. Trump's way sharper than him, obviously, but optics-wise, you've basically got two 80-year-olds duking it out and we've already all done this. Uh, you do it the other way, and I think it's gonna be a major, major problem for the Dems. Mm. Um, can you give me a, your fantasy football take here, Dave? If you have, you've got the top two, DeSantis and Trump. Usually there's this third person that at least makes a splash. I mean, Kamala had her moment. Uh, Buttigieg had his moment back. You hit that 8 to 10 percent area, maybe get to 12, even though the other two candidates are sort of at the top of the heap. Do you, who, if there's a third person that makes some noise in this campaign, who do you think it is? Well, I think Nikki Haley actually is the dark horse here because, you know, she has a really good pedigree. You, you might disagree with her on some stuff. I, I disagree with her on some fo foreign policy stuff, for example, some of the Ukraine stuff. Personally, I'm a little more of an isolationist, let's say. Not completely, but okay, it is what it is. But I think, you know, she was an incredibly s successful governor of South Carolina. She was an unbelievably good U.S. ambassador to the U.N., which is a ho horrible job. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into the Vipers pit every day for Trump. So I think she will come across on the debates as, as thoughtful and in, uh, I would say competent and, and really effective. And you know, all of the fire, it's, it's really interesting what's going on right now. If, you, if you're paying attention to who's being attacked, everyone's only attacking DeSantis. Nobody's attacking Trump right now, which sort of makes no sense. If we're to believe the polls that Trump keeps telling us, you know, he's up 30 points, well, people who should be attacking him, but you've got Trump attacking DeSantis, you've got Vivek attacking DeSantis, Nikki attacking DeSantis, et cetera, et cetera. So there's something out of whack over there, but again, we're very early on. But I think that, you know, if everyone keeps attacking DeSantis, let's, let's just say, look, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work is what it is. Uh, you know, someone else can slide in there. And you also have to remember that everyone's always jockeying for position. Look what happened with the Democrats last time, you know, but what was it, the day, I think it was the day before Super Tuesday. I think it was that Monday. You know, when how many uh, states go on Super Tuesday? It's like a dozen or mm -hmm. something. Basically, they cut all the deals in the back door, you know, behind the closed door with Biden and all the candidates and Pete dropped out and everybody else dropped out. Elizabeth Warren dropped out, Bernie. And then they cut the deals and everyone backs Biden. So politics is crazy, man. But if you can't do it with a little bit of a smile and understand that there's some theatrics to it and everything else, you're probably in the wrong biz. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, give me a minute on uh, the Democratic side. I mean, what do you make of RFK Jr. at 20, 22 percent in some of these polls? I mean, this has got to be disturbing to the, the Biden campaign. Look, I basically like the guy. I, I don't know what makes him a Democrat. From what I've heard, I, you know, he's doing a lot of interviews. We're gonna get him, I think, in a week or so. Uh, 
and I'm going to ask him that, I think one of his main things that keeps him as a Democrat is he still seems to have all these hangups about climate as if the government can do something about it. But I think he's clearly right on the COVID stuff. He's going after sort of WEF and globalism and, and those things. I think by the time the, the DNC is done with him, he'll basically be a Republican. It doesn't mean he's gonna be a card carrying Republican, but he'll be sort of like a, like a libertarian-ish type guy. And the irony is, you know, uh, this wouldn't work out well for DeSantis, I don't think, uh, because they're like-minded on COVID. But you know, if the DNC just throws everything at him, which they will to protect Biden, he could just say, hey, you know what? I'm a Republican now. And guess what? The Republicans would put him on the debate stage. They, they would. So that's the interesting thing. The DNC, look, they took out Bernie once. They'll gladly take out this guy. You could have all the frustrations in the world with the Republicans, but when the insurgent ran through the RNC in 2015, Donald Trump, they didn't pull tricks. They, they let the insurgency happen. You may like that now or not, but they they at least played by some relative set of rules. Mm. Uh, all right, one one uh, one more direction quickly before I let you go, Dave. You were recently in in San Francisco, and uh, now I haven't been there in several years. I think the Super Bowl was last there maybe five or six years ago. Last time I was there, I remember moments of that. I remember smelling things I had never smelled in my entire <laughs> life on the streets of that city, and everything I've heard about it since is that it's gotten much much worse. What was what was it like just walking around the streets of San Francisco? Stu, it is unbelievable. It, it really, like I say this without sarcasm or hyperbole, this should be the lead story on every nightly news broadcast in America until it's fixed. Mm. It's a failed city completely. There are drugs and homeless everywhere. You literally walk by people that may or may not be dead. There are people with blood dripping down their face, crack pipes everywhere. And then the few people there who are not on drugs or going to buy drugs or selling drugs, everyone looks scared. You're right about the smells. It smells absolutely everywhere. Uh, it is not a safe city. You should not bring children there. You need to be careful. You know, even the fact that, you know, I, when I was walking on the street, I was only there for a day, but I'm dressed sort of like this, my normal self. You don't see people that are, that are dressed as if they're going to business. Everybody mm -hmm. is in dirty clothes. And again, there are a few people there that are trying to go about their daily lives, but they look, they look scared, quite frankly. It, it is a disaster and it cannot be overstated. Oh, amazing. Well, Dave, we appreciate your, I mean, I don't know if you call that reporting, but it felt like it. I felt like I was in the middle of a horror movie watching you walk the streets in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was actually, I was just shooting I Am Legend 2. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dave Rubin, host of Blaze TV's The Rubin Report, author of Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia title, just unfortunately too on the, on the note uh, for, for this time in our history. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the program. Good seeing you, my friend. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. Uh, let's say you're fleeing from a place like, I don't know, San Francisco, maybe to a place like, I don't know, Florida, and you are in uh, terror for not only your own city before you leave, but also the real estate uh, situation going on there. I mean, I don't know how you protect your value in a place like uh, San Francisco. Hopefully that's not your situation. Hopefully you don't have to deal with that. But whether you're buying or selling a home, you gotta get the best price on both sides of that transaction. And that's why I always talk about realestateagentsitrust.com. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework. They talk to every agent before inviting them to join the network. They do the background. They make sure they get the best results and they know what they're doing. 
you got to get involved with them if you're buying or selling a home, especially in this market. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best person in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. It's a start a company Glenn started years ago, and they've been doing a great job for all sorts of people in this audience. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So we have a bunch of candidates making news today. Get excited. It's time. It's primary time. Uh, first of all, let's start with Chris Sununu. Now, Chris Sununu says he is not going to run for president. And that is, when you're making an announcement about not running, then you know you're a big deal. Now, would Chris Sununu clear a half of a percent in a national poll? I don't know. I don't know. He's a popular governor of New Hampshire, and that's really the only reason this is particularly notable. He's a moderate candidate. He would have no probable chance in this Republican environment. Uh, but he's, you know, he's a Trump critic, and of course the media likes him for that reason. The only thing that makes it mildly, uh, mildly significant is uh, the fact that he's in New, New Hampshire. So you're talking about the second, you know, the first primary, the second real race of the season, and a race where, you know, you need to make an impact. If this, if anything, this is maybe some news to other moderate candidates who might be able to swap up that vote. But you know, could he get 10 or 12 percent if he ran in New Hampshire, his home state? Probably. So there's some votes out there uh, that uh, may be gettable. Anyway, if you're interested in that, there are some candidates who are going to be in the race. Mike Pence has formerly entered the 2024 race. Uh, of course, we've talked a lot about his uh, his argument here, which you know is is. There's a lot of incoherent arguments to be president in the United States of people that are already in this field. Pence actually has a more coherent than most type of approach in that, you know, look, he was in a popular administration and the things that people don't like about Trump, generally speaking, aren't problems with Pence. However, the things people do like about Trump don't exactly get passed over to Pence. He's not someone who excites people at all, uh, but he's, uh, he's in the race anyway. I will say again, in his favor, he does usually finish third in the polls mostly because of name recognition, but he is there. And what else are you going to do if you're Mike Pence? You might as well go for it, right? I mean, everyone else is jumping in. Why not you? Uh, in fact, when I say everyone else is jumping in, yes, it's true. Doug, Doug Burgum is going to... <laughs> took me in a second there. Doug Burgum. I, who's the guy from, um, from a bunch of the, the, uh, the uh, Christopher Guest movies and um, the, uh, the, that uh, show that was uh, Schitt's Creek? What was the guy? Eugene Levy. Tell, show me Doug Burgum again. Tell me Eugene Levy does not make, play him in the, in, the, in the race. When they do a movie of the 2024 presidential race, Eugene Levy's got a gig, and that's great for him. Doug Burgum, I don't know anything about Doug. He could be awesome, actually. I don't know. I mean, North Dakota has been really, really, uh, has had a really good few years uh, economically. Maybe he's great. I don't know. I actually don't know much about Doug. We'll have to sit, learn more here in the coming days. And this one you may not have seen coming, but Cornell West is running for president, not as a Democrat. He's running in the People's Party, which is one of these offshoot socialist parties, basically. Uh, I will say is, you know, as you'd expect with Cornell West, his his announcement video is much more entertaining than pretty much everyone else's. So that's something. Uh, I don't think we would agree on anything, but hey, he's going to make this race a little bit more interesting. Again. Why aren't you in this race yet? What are you doing with your life? If you haven't jumped in yet, what's your problem? You should be running for president too. We need everyone in the race so everyone can vote for themselves and everyone tie with one vote. That's the way this country needs to just end. That, that's when we, uh, we should put a constitutional amendment that if that happens, we just pull the plug on the country. But we're, we're at least three or four people. I mean, Chris Sununu isn't running, so we're not quite there just yet. 
I want to tell you about a new product coming from Jace Medical, the same company that brings you the Jace case. We've talked about that before. This is called Jace Daily, and it's a pre prescription supply service that lets you uh, get 12 months uh, backup supply of your prescription medication in case of emergency. This will cover a whole bunch of medications uh, for stuff like cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, and more. And this is absolutely a must buy in when you're talking about family preparedness. Now, your order is reviewed by a certified healthcare professional and delivered right to your door. I talked to Sean Rowland a while ago who founded Jace Medical and he talked about this. You gotta be prepared long term. If you're taking daily you know, cholesterol medication, you need that, it's really important for you. Well, if the supply chain gets broken up, what are you gonna do, right? Like you're in serious trouble. You know, a, a couple pills is not gonna help you. You need that every single day. You can get it from Jace Medical for and have a year backup supply. It's a really good idea. JaceMedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout for a discount on your order. The promo code is STU at J-A-S-E-Medical.com. JaceMedical.com. The code is STU. It's Jace Daily from Jace Medical. So uh, have you followed this Army Hammer story at all? He's an actor. He was in uh, The Social Network. Uh, played the Winklevoss twins in The Social Network. Um, it, I don't know if he's a good guy or not. I, I would say, judging by some of the stuff he's admitted to, I would say he's probably not a good guy, or at least was not a good guy. Um, however, he was accused of some of the most serious crimes in our society. He was accused of you know, legitimately uh, raping people and all sorts of terrible, terrible, terrible things. And of course, this was highly publicized because the accuser came out with Gloria Allred. I mean, how many times have we seen this story? Gloria Allred brings out some accuser, they say these things, and the media picks up on it, makes a big uh, stink about it. Well, long story short, uh, Gloria did all of her stuff, go forward six years, and guess what? Totally cleared of all charges. They're not going to charge him. They're not going to charge him at all. Now, I don't know if he did these things. If he did, I want him in prison for the rest of his life. However, this is a long, long story that cycles over and over and over again. Gloria Allred comes out, makes a bunch of accusations, and then when the thing isn't true at all, no one ever says, hey, maybe we shouldn't listen to Gloria Allred next time she says something. Shouldn't that just be a rule at this point? I said this on the air a hundred times. If Gloria Allred says something, you should ignore it. That is just the entire rule. If you are someone who is victimized by someone terrible, you should not go to Gloria Allred because no one's going to believe you because Gloria Allred has lied so many times, allegedly. And I want to make sure that you understand that. By the way, this is how the story ends. Six years later, no one even hears about it. This happened the other day. You probably didn't even hear about him getting uh, cleared and no charges filed. This is how this ends from the Gloria Allred part of the story. Uh, the law office of Gloria Allred, who organized the news conference for the woman in 2021, said that they no longer represent her and had no comment. Oh, OK. No, nothing to say now, Gloria. Nothing. And you don't even represent her anymore. She's just trashed off to the side. You don't have to explain that, right? No, I didn't think so. OK, back in a second. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you're going to uh, do a little review, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars, just so you know the technical details behind that. Uh, this review comes in. This show is stupid. Stubergear drinks Bud Light. <laughs> now, it's, this is not good if you're Bud Light. That, that's now just an insult. But uh, 
There you go. Stupid Gear drinks Bud Light. Um, by the way, on YouTube, you can drop a comment below. We would encourage you to do that right now. Why? The algorithm robots love it when you do that. So they promote the show. More people get to see it, and we do uh, we do uh, love when you do that. Uh, this goes back to a show we did on Friday called Stu Does the Little Mermaid. Maybe an unfortunate title. You know, maybe we didn't think about that that long. Uh, Stu does a little mermaid. We all expected this of you. Thank you so much. Um, Stu does the little mermaid. Should you be bragging about this on YouTube? How does Lisa feel about this? Don't tell me she made you do it. Let me get my popcorn. Yeah, that would not go well. I don't, hopefully she just doesn't doesn't check YouTube that often and see any of the titles of the show because they're not always they're not always flattering. And Mighty Blaster writes, my favorite episode of Studios America is where he talks about fish person sex for a long time. All right, there you go. I mean, if you're going to put anything on your resume, maybe, maybe it's going to be that. Fish person sex. We'll see you tomorrow.